calling, love, experience, joy, joy faith, passion, experience, freedom. It's, it's time, time to, to take, take the, the jump and, and go, go all in. in. It's time to go all in. And discover your purpose. It's time to go all in. And follow the call God has placed upon your life. It's time to go all in on the amazing things that God is doing right here and right now. It's time to go all in and invite others to join and experience God and His undying love. So, so what's, what's stopping, stopping you? Go, go all, all in. There's no better place to be than praising God. You know that? And it's not escapism. It's not like, well, I've got a lot of problems. I want to forget about them and I'll go and praise the Lord. It's, I've got a lot of problems, so I'm going to take them to the Lord. I'm going to leave them with them. He's going to sort it out and I'm going to praise and rejoice and have the victory. That's why it's good to praise God. It lifts you out of yourself, out of your problems and into his presence where all the solutions are. And Today, we are continuing with um, our current message series that we're doing over the summer called All In. And we are, over the summer season, we are challenging every single individual who is a part of this church community. We're challenging you as an individual to not just be partially in, not to be half in, but to be all in the things that God is doing in our midst and in this church. And we're not only challenging in every individual to be all in, we're challenging us all to be in. Because very often people think, well, I'm, I don't really need to get involved much more in the church because there's lots of other people here and I'm sure everything's taken care of and so on. But you know, it doesn't matter how many people are here, you're you, you're not all those other people. And you're a unique individual with unique gifts and unique talents and a unique personality and a unique contribution to make to the family of God that you're a part of. And if you're not making your unique contribution because you think there's lots of other people to make contributions, there's no other you. So there may be other people making contributions to the life and activity of the church, but your contribution is still missing because you're still missing from the equation. And so here we are. It is the summer season when we have a lower attendance and it's the long weekend when we have a slightly lower attendance and I can see that even in the first two or three rows here, there are spare seats. But that will not last for long because the summer will come to an end, as it always does. The schools will go back. Thank God they always do. And then um, we will have our fall kickoff service on September 15th. And on that day, we will have two morning services and we will be going to two morning services thereafter because the Lord is building his church and we need to make room for the people that he's wanting to, to bring amongst us. And so in each of these summer Sundays, we are kind of challenging you to prayerfully consider 
what this new step in the church means to you, how is it going to, how are you going to engage with it? How is it going to help you grow spiritually and grow as a person? How are you going to be part of what is happening to help the church grow spiritually and numerically and socially as we continue on to finish off the last year and a half that we have left of our current plan, which takes us to the end of 2020. Now, growing churches, going to multiple services, taking on staff, arranging new ministries, all of this kind of thing, it is really strange the way, well, I find it strange anyway, the way many Christians respond to the whole topic of growing churches. Now, you know, I guess you only, well, in the old days, you only knew the Christians that you knew. But now, you can go on social media and meet every Christian from all over the world. And now you find out that there's a lot of strange ideas and unusual opinions out there. And One of them comes to do with this whole idea of churches growing. And it looks like there are a lot of people who are saved, who love God, who are Christians, but actually don't really want their church to grow. And love to whinge and complain about the changes that have happened in their church since all these new people came, you know? I mean, it's unbelievable some of the things you read. And yet, the Bible tells us that we should be wise master builders of God's church, of God's house. Now, you know, we have, as well as pastors who lead churches and evangelists and missionaries and different people, one of, the, one of the real helps in the modern day church today is that there are people, ministry consultants, sometimes people call them church growth consultants, but it's more about churches growing. I think that is the problem. I think people, when they hear that phrase, a church growth consultant, they think, oh, that must be somebody who's going to come up with some marketing strategy to help you get a crowd in the church. But that's not what it's about at all. Really, church growth consultants is the wrong word. Maybe church health consultant is another word. It's not about doing a marketing campaign to get more people in the church. Our focus and job is to make sure that we have a living and healthy church. Because if a, if a tree is growing and it's healthy, it will bear fruit. A fruit-bearing tree is a growing tree. Healthy things should grow. And um, I, I, uh, th- there's a guy I follow on social media who is a ministry consultant. He has been a pastor for many, many years. He has been involved in establishing new churches and helping existing churches to continue to achieve their ministry. And he has eventually was asked by other 
pastors and other churches, can you come and help us out? We are kind of stuck and we don't know what to do here. We know we need to reorganize our church, but we don't really know what to do. We're not reaching new people. We haven't baptized anybody new in years. And they ask him, could you come and and help us and counsel us and mentor us and coach us? So he has this ministry. He's still based at, at, at his own local church where he teaches the word of God and feeds the sheep, but he also has his ministry to coach and mentor and train other pastors. Hey, even brain surgeons who have had seven years of university training still get on the job training and go on update courses later on. And all they're doing is operating on your brain. I mean, a pastor's operating on your heart, on your spirit. You want, he needs to know what he's doing, you know? You don't want, you wouldn't put your brain in the hands of somebody, but, well, I took out somebody's tonsils once. I think I might know how to do this. No, you're going, like, you want the best brain surgeon there is. And so he goes with the ongoing coaching of these people. So I see his stuff coming up on social media, and then I read the comments afterwards. I'm sure these comments are written by people who have never led a church in their life. But anyway, here we go. Church is not a business, nor should it be run as such. It is about reaching souls for Christ, not about numbers. When did you think of that last bit? It's about reaching new people, not about reaching new people. It's about reaching souls for Christ, not for numbers. But if you reach souls for Christ, what do you have? How about the next one? I don't see how anything you have said is the biblical view of church. See, I'm I'm reading comments on somebody else's page because I've got no emotional attachment to them. But if they were my own, I might have an attitude. Um, Is church about growth and scale? What's wrong with running your church like a mom and pop store? Listen to this. Or being committed to working long hours. Listen to the last bit. Lazy pastors just want volunteers to do their job for them. (laughs) Thank God that person does not come to Gateway Alliance Church. That's all I can say. Here's another one. Like, I was shocked at this. The people who most churches want to reach are unacceptable in their present state. They have to be cleaned up first <laughs> before they should be allowed to attend church. Otherwise, the church will be full of atheists sleeping around with each other and getting drunk and then leading the worship on Sundays. My goodness, I know a good doctor. Uh, how, uh, here's the last one. How about preaching the gospel? Gee, there's a novel approach. But if there's nobody in the room to hear the gospel, you're wasting your time. Church isn't for the unsaved. Sunday services should be about deep, doctrinal, expository preaching and teaching to produce sanctified Christians who are probably fast asleep halfway through the service. (laughs) Now, listen, I want you to think of this. I want you to think of this. 
Imagine a person, we might call them a ministry coach, a church growth consultant. Imagine a person who has been in ministry for many years, who has actually planted and established other churches, has given oversight and counsel to different churches, has helped raise up new leaders and train people, has helped reach out to their community and bring people into the kingdom of God, and has worked with a number of different churches and now has a wide view, not just of one congregation, but of many other churches as well, and is called upon by pastors and churches to come in, help them solve problems, help them plan for the future, help them discern what the Spirit is saying to that congregation. Were there people like that in the Bible? Yes, they were. They weren't called ministry coaches or church growth consultants. They were called apostles. And the New Testament is full of them. And there wasn't just 12 of them, you know. There wasn't just the 12 apostles that Jesus appointed while he was alive. There are over 20 people in the New Testament called apostles. And it doesn't say anywhere, yes, you... You will have pastors in the 21st century, but apostles will have long died out by that. It doesn't say that. In fact, it says the opposite. It says we will need apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers until the whole body of Christ, the whole church, has come to full maturity in the faith and has become everything that Jesus called them to be. Now, I ain't even become that yet, never mind the whole global church. So we still need all of the gifts that God has been putting into the New Testament. We need them in the church today. Lots of, there are lots of people with powerful apostolic ministries today. Most of the time they're still called pastor but actually they're not really pastors or shepherds of a flock. They're more apostles or sent ones, which is what the word means. Like It means an ambassador who, of the kingdom who is not only looking after one flock, but is strategizing for, to train, to coach, to mentor, to raise up other people. And if apostles are like that, and we still have them today, you know, sometimes... You know, I read about this guy who is a consultant or an apostolic ministry, you could say, to other pastors, leaders, and churches. You know, even here, myself and some of the other staff, we do get asked and invited by other churches to go and help them, to consult with them, to help them strategize, work out what their next steps are. But when it came to this church, even though we were asked by other churches to do that, very often you can't see things in your own situation, you know? And so we called upon somebody. It was a divine appointment. God brought me and Carol George, somebody whose books and audios I had been reading and listening to for decades by a divine appointment, I met him. We brought him over a year ago to the church. He spent a weekend with us, got to know what was going on here, prayerfully sought God to discern his contribution and has had an ongoing mentorship relationship with me since then. I need help. I need input as well. I need apostolic ministry into my life too. 
Because I don't want this just to be a church. I want this to be a biblical church. See, when I read the the Bible, see, when I read the Acts of the Apostles, and I see the way God was moving, not moving through organizations or evangelistic crusades or parachurch ministries, as good as all those things are, but how God was moving through his church and he was distributing gifts to the people in his church and he was raising up leadership of different kinds within the church and the church was making an impact in the community and multitudes were being brought into the church and healings were taking place in the church, not just when some famous evangelist came to town and rented a, 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 an auditorium someplace, but the church was a place of healing. The church was a place of revival. The church was a community where people found a home and a spiritual family. And I think, I don't want us to just be a church. I want us to be a biblical church. I want us to be a spirit-filled church. I want us to be an apostolic type church. And so I want us to just look really briefly at what apostles do. And I want you to think not only about apostles as people, but as apostolic churches. If we want to be the kind of church that we read about in the pages of the New Testament, an apostolic church, then we, we need to have the same values that we see in the life and ministry of apostles. Let's go through some of these. Okay, the first things that apostles do is they plan and or oversee the growth of churches. Growth, oh my goodness, church growth. It's in the Bible. Being coached, it's in the Bible. Do you remember the story when, when Moses, God said to Moses, I want you to lead my people from Egypt to the promised land. God gave Moses the vision. He gave him the commission and the calling. But Moses didn't know everything. He wasn't omniscient. He was trying to work it out as he was going. And one day, Moses' father-in-law visited him. His name was, what was his name again? Jethro, thank you. His name was Jethro. And Jethro was was the high priest of the tribe of Midian. Jethro had been a religious leader a lot longer than Moses and had more experience. And he came to Moses and said, It's great what God is doing amongst you, but you're organizing this all wrong. You need to organize it better. You can't do it all yourself. You need to raise up other leaders. And then somebody tweeted on Facebook to Moses, you lazy pastors just want volunteers. (laughs) And Jethro gave counsel and advice and coaching to the new religious leader, Moses, as to how to pull this thing off. Look what apostles do. They plan and or oversee the growth of churches. He says, Paul, this is Paul writing, we are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. And each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted, Paul planted the church in the city of Corinth. That's what he's talking about. He's writing to the Corinthians the Christians in the city of Corinth, I planted the church and Apollos, who came along later and was a teacher, he watered it. 
but it was God who made it grow. Growth again. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. God is interested in churches growing because healthy things grow. He's so interested in churches growing that he even raises up different kinds of leaders, some that will plant new churches and some that will teach and water them, and God will use all of these gifts to make the churches grow. That's the first thing apostles do, and that's that's what apostolic churches should be like. The next one, apostles bring a body of teachings that will help a church mature. Acts 20.20, one of our big verses here. Paul says, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. Paul, apostles, apostolic churches aren't, you know, people say, They just want a big church. No, 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 you don't understand. We want big people. We want big people. I want you as a person to grow. I want you to grow spiritually and grow in your faith. I want you to grow in your life and see God at work in the everyday things of life. I want you to grow in your ministry and your service and your involvement in church. We are interested in growing big people, in feeding the flock, in teaching things that will help you, in teaching things not in a boring or doctrinal manner, but in a practical and helpful manner. And that makes people grow. And big people will make a church grow big. But lots lots of Christians are like spiritual pygmies, you know? It's like, I've got this tiny little faith and this tiny little relationship with God and this tiny little view of the world and I don't want anyone to rock it. Well, don't hang about here because we're going to water the seed every week and one day you're going to realize, I've got a hunger to grow. I want to change. I want to get my life in order. I'm going to volunteer for Gateway Kids. In fact, sign me up for anything. I am all in. Come around here too much and we will water the seeds and encourage you. And you might actually end up excited about your faith. Okay? Because we want to teach you what is helpful. We want to bring a body of teachings that help the church mature. Next thing. The other thing that apostles do is they advise leaders on church issues and on the choosing of new leaders. That's what the whole book of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus are about in the New Testament. It's Paul, the apostle, writing to the leaders that he has established in the church at Ephesus, Timothy, and the church in Crete, um, Titus, and he has established them there, and he is advising them. He's counseling them. He couldn't just get on the cell phone. He had to write a letter, and he sent it to them, and we have those letters in our Bible. What's the next one? Yet the apostles don't own the churches they work with. They serve them. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 6, is talking about his ministry as an apostle, and he wants to, how he want, and, and he goes on a big long list. And one of the things he says is, we have everything 
and yet we own nothing. We apostles have everything, and yet we own nothing. We have access to all of God's resources, yet we don't strut about, you know, I understand why some people are a bit cagey about this idea of, you know, people who are apostles. Can we not just call them pastors? Because maybe they might strut about like bosses and boss other churches around. And then on social media, I see people who have put it as if it's their first name, Apostle Joe Smith. I I don't, like, when I get friend requests from them, they don't get added. Neither does Pastor Joe Smith. Your name's Joe Smith. If your identity is in your ministry, you are making a huge mistake. Your identity is in your relationship with God. You're a child of God. Your ministry is just what you do. It ain't your first name. I mean, I've never seen plumber Joe Smith or electrician Joe Smith on there, you know? And so, no, when I, when I was in the UK, our church was part of a family of churches and we had a great man of God who was a real spiritual father to me. And to this day, I still look to him. His name's Derek Brown. He's based in England in the UK. And he had an apostolic, and still has an apostolic ministry to many churches. Was a great blessing in my life and in my family's life and in our church. And he used to emphasize this a lot. When we would ask him to come and help us out, speak to our leaders or speak at the church or give us counsel and advice, he would say, I'm here to serve you. I don't own your church. It's God's church. I can't tell you what to do, but you tell me what you need and I will come and serve you and help your church become what it's, what it's destined to become. That is a true apostolic ministry. Next one. <coughs> Sorry. Apostles are wise master builders of churches. 1 Corinthians 3.10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise master builder. And now someone else, the leaders that he put in charge, is building on it. And so, we're not, church isn't just about, let's just all turn up and see what happens. It's about planning, it's about strategizing, it's about being an architect, it's about having a blueprint, it's about receiving a God-given vision and then working together as a team to see it come to pass. Everybody shout, wise master builders. Say it with me, wise master builders. That's what God is calling us to be. Next one. My next one. And... The other thing that apostles do is they help churches by setting things in order and making up what is lacking. Sometimes you go into a church and and they've got lots of things going on, but everything's disconnected and you and no, new people come to the church and they don't know how to get involved and and they need to learn how to set things in order in the church and then see oh we're missing prayer or we're missing pastoral care, or we're missing evangelism, and then filling in the things that are missing. We want to be that kind of church 
We want to be the kind of church that not only enjoys the blessings and the things that God is doing amongst us, but will be wise master builders who sets them in their best order to maximize their full potential. And when we notice that there are aspects from our church missing, that are, that if they would bring more spiritual life if we are there, we make up what is lacking. Titus 1.5 The reason I left you in Crete was that you might set in order what is still lacking and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Next one. This is my main one, and it's Ephesians 4, and this will, because this applies to all of you. Another thing that apostles do, and prophets and pastors, and apostolic churches should do, is to equip others to discover and use their gifts for the growth of the church, to equip others, and to encourage and inspire and mobilize them so that they will discover and use their gifts for the growth of the church. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to run the church like a mom and pop store and do all the work themselves and not be lazy. Is that what it says? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, setting everything and everyone in order. As each part, you're an each part, each one of you is a part, as each part does its own special work, you've got a special work to do that other people don't do. It's your own special work. If you're not doing it, it's not getting done. Somebody else isn't doing it. As each part does its own special work, it helps all the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Say that last bit with me. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's say that one more time. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of... Do you want to be part of a church like that? Where the whole body is growing and healthy and full of love. Put up my next slide, please. Our goal as a church, is to be wise master builders, co-working with God in the building up of his church. Our goal is to set things in an effective order and make up the things that are lacking. Our goal is to equip the whole church to discover and use their gifts. And why? Let's say it again. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We want you to be spiritually healthy. We want you to be growing in your life. 
We want you to be full of love that you can share with others and being filled with love from God and experiencing it through others. And so that's why we have set a number of things in order to help you to become everything that God is calling you to become. We can only be a truly apostolic church if we are all in. Put up my next slide, please. What is your goal? What is your current spiritual goal? Is it to grow in your faith? You know, maybe you've been a Christian for a while. You know the basics of the Christian faith. You pray, you come to church, but you, there's a hunger in your heart for more. You want to grow in your faith. Well, you may have noticed that earlier in the service and also last week and also on social media, we've begun to advertise two new things that we will be launching in the fall soon. One is called Gateway Academy, and that is going to be um, a series of classes. They will be on Wednesday nights sometimes or on Saturday mornings sometimes. We want to make it as accessible as possible that you can sign up for a, a, either one module, just one module if you see, I, I want to know about that, or the full course. And... Um, I'm already working on preparing this course, and I'm really looking forward to it. It is going to be something that you can sign up for that, so that you can grow in your faith. Hey, you just want to come, sign up for it, come along, get the notes, listen to the teachings, enjoy what's being taught, grow in your faith, that's fine. But if you're considering at some point in the future, you know, getting some degree in Bible studies... Our course, Vanguard College, in, here in Edmonton, will, re, will take our course and count it as credits towards a degree if you ever choose to do one in the future. But you might just want to come and audit or listen and enjoy the course. If you want to grow in your faith, I encourage you to check out Gateway Academy. Or even more so, as well as Gateway Academy, we're also launching internships where not only do you get all the teaching from the academy, but you also get positioned in one of our ministries in the church where you will be trained up to become fully effective in that area. Children's ministry, youth ministry, worship and creative arts, hospitality, or general church ministry. So I encourage you to check those things out if you're wanting to grow in your faith. Maybe you want to grow in community. Maybe you come to the church, but you don't really know many people. You don't have many Christians in your life, and you want to grow in community. That's why we have things like the Alpha Course, which is especially great if you're fairly new to the church, because you'll meet other people who are fairly new to the church. And also our gateway groups. We have many groups. Some are Bible studies. Some are more socializing. Some are for men. Some are for women. Some are for everybody. Check out our gateway groups and see if there's one that you can find a place of community in. And lastly, the last area is to grow in service, to volunteer to serve on one of our teams once a month or something like that. We've got so many areas that you can get involved in in our church. But you know something? If there's only a handful of us doing these things, we will never become 
a truly biblical apostolic church? We won't because we won't all be in, so the whole church won't be healthy and growing and full of love. Only parts of it will. So I want to really encourage you to prayerfully consider, do you need to take a step of faith in your life? Do you feel God challenging you to grow in your faith, to grow in community, or to grow in service here at Gateway? Then after the service today, after the service, we have a meet and greet party just in the offices. As you go out there and look to the left, you will see it. The doors will be open. I will be there talking about the academy and internships. Other people will be there talking about alpha and groups and teams and volunteering and so on. There will also be food, roast beef and cheeses and breads and salad. I mean, like you want to be in there, you know, after the service. We will feed you spiritually and physically. And you know, and it's not like a presentation. You just come and go as, as you want. Please come and check it out. But prayerfully look at your own heart about these three areas, growing in faith, growing in community, growing in service. I want to ask us all to stand now. The worship team are coming back out again. And we're getting close to the end of the service. But I just want to pray with us, first of all. I want to pray that God will begin to to move in your heart and life. Can we just like put out our hands and close our eyes and still your heart and mind just before the Lord? And I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, you're here with us. You're present. I ask today that you would begin to move upon our hearts, within our minds. Begin to show to us, Lord, the areas of our life that you're challenging us in today, that we're not fully all in yet. I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts right now. Lord, do we need to grow in our faith? Do we need to take the next step forward in that area? Do we need to connect more with the community of the family of God? Do we need to get more involved in the church in some way? I want us to just take a moment and I want in this stillness I just want you to ask yourself that question in your own heart do you feel God challenging you in one of these areas to grow in your personal faith in God to get involved in the community of the church more to begin to find an area of service While our eyes are closed and we just have an attitude, an atmosphere of prayer all over this place, I just want to know who I'm praying for. If you feel God challenging you in your heart to do one of these things, it's time to grow in your faith. It's time to get more involved. It's time to serve in some way. 
Do you want to just for a second or two stick your hand up? I'm looking around. I want to I see the people I'm praying for. Okay, there's lots of you. The Lord is speaking to anybody else. You just feel it you're being challenged in your heart. Uh, yeah, good. So more of you. Those of you who put your hand up, I'm going to pray now especially for you. Not only for you, but for other people that should have put their hand up. I pray for all of you. Father God, let today be a day of decisions. Let today be a day of taking the next step. Let it not be a time of hesitating. But Father, I pray right now that the power of your Spirit would move in the hearts and lives of everyone who raised their hand or should have and that you would help them right now to make a firm and final decision as from today I am doing whatever it takes to grow in my faith to grow in my community involvement to discover and use my gifts in the service of God Father, I just pray that you would continue to move, open people's eyes to see where they fit and how they fit and open the doors of opportunities for them to connect with them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. If you raised your hand or you feel you should have, I strongly, strongly encourage you. Come to the meet and greet after the service. I will see you there. We're just going to sing a little bit. Then Michael's coming back up to close the service. And then I'll see you outside.